Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm just so excited to be able to share this evening around a topic that I, is, is obviously fresh and near and dear to my heart, speaking of relationships. Uh, you know, like I, I didn't realize that I had some more growing to do until I got into a relationship. And then I got engaged and then I thought, holy smokes, I got some growth I need to get done, <laughs> right? And I'm just speaking, you know, honestly from, from the heart of, and how many of you know that relationships are a blessing? They're absolutely incredible. Family relationships, church relationships, friends, uh, romantic relationships. But how many of you know that also within relationships, we also find some of our greatest challenges? Have you ever found that like maybe if you didn't have relationships in your world, like things would go a little bit smoother? Come on, right? But, but the reality is, is that God has actually created us for dynamic, heartfelt relationships. In fact, Proverbs tells us that, and, and, and I'm going to read it. I'm not sure if we have it up here. Proverbs 27, verse 9, in the Passion Translation, reads it like this. It says, sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. Isn't that beautiful? For good friends are like the anointing oil that yields the fragrant incense of God's presence. So what does that mean is that how we get to grow in life, how we get to grow in God, it comes through the relationship with others. See, oftentimes we think like what we need to do is get into the word, which we do. Oftentimes we think we need to get into prayer, which we do. But I have found that my personal growth has come much more exponentially through my relationship with others. And sometimes it's through possibly the challenges of relationship with others, right? So, so we, we, you know, the Bible also talks about how we are called to walk in love. Right, we are called to walk in love towards one another, and that word love isn't just the, the the human love, but it's the supernatural love of God that we can choose to love one another with the same love that God loves us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. So when we receive His love, we can actually give His love. The Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians thirteen verse five says, "Love does not dishonor others." Guilty. It is not self-seeking, guilty, <laughs> right? It's not easily angered, guilty. It keeps no record of wrongs, also guilty, the, right? I mean, come on, let's just be honest. Like, how many of you know that, you know, I nearly titled this message scorecard because sometimes I feel like we have a scorecard going on with the people that are around us, or maybe I'm the only one. Right, like you, you forget until like you actually get into a conflict and then suddenly you remember like all the things, right? Just, just the way that it works. But the Bible says that we are not to keep the score of the sins of others, that the true love of God, what does it do? It, 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 it causes us to let go of offenses, causes us to let go of hurts, causes us to, if you will, love is causes us to operate in grace. But what happens when those who are close to us wrong us, offend us, or hurt us? 
Usually it's not someone on the outside. Like, you know what, I can care less if someone cuts me off on, on, on the freeway. It's, it's those who are close to me that, that affect me most. And, and, and here's the, the question that I want to propose to you tonight was when you are in a conflict with someone, uh, how many of you guys can, you know, relate any conflicts going on out there, right? Right? Some of us might have had conflict on our way here. It's okay. We're, we're going to work through it, right? Uh, come on. There's hope for all of us. Come on, right? So, but the reality is, is will, will the, the question becomes is do I want to be right or do I want to have relationship? And oftentimes the conflict is because I want to be right, because they were wrong, right? And maybe you're right, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, you were right. But what do you, come on, see, don't you feel better now? Do you, do you feel justified? Come on, you feel a little bit like, all right, all right. Let this steam out. So let me share something that's very, very real that happened to me several years ago. I, I was running a restaurant, this is before I was in San Diego. I was running a restaurant and I had a, a friend of mine, a coworker who was working with me. That particular coworker, she was one who, who had struggled with alcohol addiction. Friends, she drank a handle of vodka a day. So it was massive addiction, but yet she was very functioning. She would come to work, she would do all the things. And one of, the, one of the days, what she ended up doing is she was working, you know, when you're in restaurants, you, she was working on my register, or working on my till. So when I go to count it out at the end of the night, you know, because it's busy, all the things are going on, and I get to the end of the night, and guess what comes up missing? Money on my name is missing, and she was the one who was on my till. And coincidentally enough, when, when she, before she left her shift, she had a bottle of vodka and, and, and a package of steak. So I knew exactly the money that was missing, exactly what had happened. And how do you know, like, I couldn't prove it, but I knew that I was right. I knew that I was right. And a few weeks later, she ended up in the hospital because obviously she had a very severe problem. She was struggling majorly with alcohol to the point that her, her liver was shutting down, her kidneys were shutting down. And there was a few weeks that was going by and I knew that she was in the hospital, but I was tweaked. Anyone get tweaked? <laughs> like I was still upset. And here I am meant to be the, the believer, meant to be the, 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 the Christian, meant to be the the one who should actually walk in forgiveness, but yet I'm struggling to walk in forgiveness. Can, can anyone relate with me? Right, so, so here I am, and I'm just like, gosh, like, and I felt bad for her. I felt that she was in the hospital, and I finally, God rebuked me and said, Shelly, would you let go of your offense, and would you go and minister to my daughter? And I just kind of just broke, and she's like, you're right, God. Like, what is 20 bucks? Like, why, why is that such a big deal to me? And it's, you know, it's usually it's the little things that tend to offend us most, right? And so, so I, I just said, okay, God, like, I'm just making a decision. I'm going to forgive her, and I'm going to go to the hospital. So I, I walk into the hospital, and, and the, she was just, the poor thing, she was yellow jaundice, and it was just, her, her body was swollen. It was just a terrible sight. And, but I just started showing up. And I started meeting her family members, and I started meeting all the different people in her world of just different ones, and being in the hospital day after day after day, and watching her go, if you will, closer and closer to death. But yet I'm ministering to her, I'm speaking to her, I'm giving, speaking 
life, speaking truth, speaking all of these things. And, and it came to the point where she, she went downhill. She's in the ICU. Her life is about ready to leave her body. And I literally asked her the question, do you want to be saved? And she said, I need Jesus. I want to be born again. I need him in my life. Come on. And in that moment, she's in tears and I'm crying because I realized, Shelly, you were going to let her go to hell over $20? You were going to let this go because you wanted to be justified and because you had this held in your heart? Will you not let it go? Is it not worth it? And just realizing how close I was to letting someone go to hell over $20. And suddenly everything shifted in her world and, and she, she, it was the strangest thing because now her spirit is alive and, and now she's, you know, like there's new dreams that are coming on the inside of her and she got out of the ICU and she ended up back into a regular hospital room and in that moment I was able to continue minister to, to her and she knew that her time was short and she said, Shelly, will you help me write letters to my children in case, they, in case I don't make it out of here and guys, gosh, whew. If you wanted, what's going to pull on your heartstrings? Writing a letter to your, uh, for a, a kid that would read what their mother would write years later because they're too small to, to read it at the moment. And going through and sowing all of these seeds that she ended up, you know, obviously passing away a, a few, like I think it was a total of two months and she got saved about halfway through. And it was just this incredible transformation of she was going towards death in one sense, but going towards life in another sense. It was just this most incredible thing to be able to experience and, and see that and realizing that God, if, if we would extend the love of God, if we would lay down our right, if you will, to be right, right, if you think about it, and choose to focus on relationship, the love of God can transform a person, right? How many of us have been transformed by the love of God? I mean, it's absolutely incredible, and God, you know, and God convicted me to let go of that offense and choose the relationship over the offense. And it was just, it was forever etched in my mind as the importance of choosing relationships. So the title of my message today is Right or Relationship? Right or Relationship? Now, this is something that, I mean, is any of us in a current relational conflict? Come on, let's be real. It could be small, could be just over $20, could be over the peanuts that they left the crumbs, this whatever, right? So all of us are in some sort of, right? We, we face these things. And how many of you know that when we're in a relational conflict, we have difficulty in moving forward, right? It's, it's oftentimes, that's true. It's hard to move forward because we're so consumed. It takes up our whole emotional bandwidth and going through things. So the truth is we all experience hurt. We all experience disappointment, injustice, unfair treatment, and many times those are, come from those who are close to us. And the truth is, we cannot stop those things from coming. I wish I can give you a different message, but that's not the reality of it, right? The truth is, these things will come, and what will we do when they come, right? We all have a choice, if you will, on how we're going to respond when someone mistreats us. We, we actually have a choice on how are we going to respond when someone hurts us, when someone offends us, especially those who are close to us who maybe are living in the same house as we are, right? I mean, and that's where it gets really difficult. It's easy when you can step away and you can go in your own house. It's another thing when they're actually living with you, 
<laughs> right? It's a whole nother level of working through relational conflict. So here's the question. Will you choose law, which is my right, or will you choose grace, which is giving something that they didn't deserve? What if we, what if we did it that way? I want to pose to you two, two responses. The grace response releases something in the people that they don't deserve. Love, kindness, forgiveness. The law response, it demands justice. It demands to be right. It values being right over the relationship. And you know, the truth is when we think about it, we oftentimes want to receive grace, but we want to give law. When you really think about it, we want like, no, you don't understand, that's not my heart. How many of us have been guilty? That's not my heart, that's not what I meant to say. That's not what I meant to do. But yet, when it's flipped around and that person offended you, you want the full right, you want the full justice. Or maybe I'm just speaking for myself. <laughs> Come on, right? right? I'm just throwing myself under the bus because I believe it will help you out. Right, but, so the, but the nature of the kingdom is to extend grace and compassion in relationships. Grace and compassion in relationships. Let's check this out. In Matthew 18, verse 21 to 27, Peter comes like feeling pretty good about himself at this point. Jesus is teaching on relational conflict and issues and how to work through things and walking in forgiveness. And Peter's feeling pretty excited. Like he feels like he's got a good grip as to, you know, what's happening. And Peter comes to him and says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. You know, he's feeling like, hey, I'm being pretty generous, you know, like, you, you, know, you, know, you, you know, you fool me once, you know, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, fool me three times, I'm out of here. But I'm going to even go over, I'm going to be graceful, and I'm going to give seven times, right? Like, that's kind of where Peter's feeling pretty good. And Jesus says to him, no, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven, 490 times in a day, my friends. How often should you forgive that person? How often should you forgive that family member? In a day, Jesus says 490 times. How many of you know that that's called a lot of offenses for someone to commit in a day? <laughs> Come on. So, but yet we get hung up on the one thing. We get hung up on the $20. We get hung up on the toilet seat that has been left open. Ladies, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, struck a nerve there. That's a true statement, true statement. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. One translation would equate that to being $100,000. Another translation says $10 million. I think the point is it was a lot of money. So but let's just call it $100,000. But as he was not able to pay. His master commanded him to be sold and his wife and children, all that he had, that payment would be made. The servant fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. The master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. Wow, check that out. How many of you need some debt cancellation in your life? How many of you want to believe God that there is a miracle in this room right now that debt cancellation can come? Come on, come on. 
I mean, this is, this is the Bible. This isn't, you know, if, if, if we would follow what God has asked us to do, which is what? To cry out and to, to ask for forgiveness. Wow, what an incredible thing. What's your, what's your debt, get out of debt plan? Be willing to pay and be willing to ask for forgiveness. That sounds like a pretty reasonable uh, approach to dealing with the debt in our lives and that we can actually receive debt cancellation. How incredible. Is God not a God of miracles? Will he not do abundantly above all that we ask or think? Come on, how incredible would that be to step into that place? And so this king extended forgiveness and released him of the entire debt. That was a massive, massive amount of money. Just like Jesus forgives us. The, the, the debt that we cannot pay of the infractions, the sin, the shortcomings, the failures, the mistakes that we've made, Jesus has made a way for us to live in victory, for us to live in life, to, to have debt cancellation. How many of you are grateful for sin debt cancellation? Come on, come on. Can it, how many of us are grateful that there's an opportunity available to us tonight to receive debt cancellation? Right? How many of you need that miracle? Come on. Come on. Right? And, and so, what, so what happened is that grace is intended to bring us into fellowship with God and change our heart. How we relate to others. Grace is a power flow that enables you to change. So we see this incredible exchange. This man must be living on cloud nine, the fact that he was able to experience such an incredible forgiveness, such an incredible second chance. But isn't it interesting? We'll pick back up on verse uh, 28. But that servant went out, one translation says immediately, and found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii, which is the equivalent of $10. So he owed $100,000. This guy owed him $10. Wow. Come on. Yeah, boo is right. And he laid his hands on him, took him by the throat, the Bible says, and, and pay me what you owe. And, his, and basically, the servant did the exact same thing as him, begged for forgiveness, begged for time to be able to pay. And the Bible says that he would not allow him. The Bible says that he threw him into prison and caused the other servants to be so grieved that this man would was heart was so hard that he would, th he would not even have any sense of compassion on the man to the point that his master finds out he is now furious, rightfully so. And, 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 the, and the master simply says like, bro, hello, did I not release you of all of that debt? And now you are going to hold this guy up for $10? Come on, man. Like, what's wrong with you? Right? Well, you really think about it. Like, he, he was really upset. So the Bible says that he threw him into prison, locked him with the torturers until he was able to pay his debt. And Jesus obviously says, like, listen, guys, so will my heavenly Father do to you, each of you from your heart if you do not forgive his, your brother his trespasses. So we find that conflict reveals our own heart attitudes. Conflict, every conflict that you're in will reveal a heart attitude in your, in your world, right? I, I remember I was in a, in a conference. I, was li I lived in Mongolia for about three years, 
And I remember I was in this conference and we got out of the conference and we we're waiting to get on these buses to get back to the train station. Because in Mongolia, there's three main cities. There's the capital city and then two larger cities. The only way to get around is by train. So everyone who went to the conference, you know, they, it was train. There was no planes. There was no other way to get there. So we, there was like thousands that were all in the parking lot waiting to get on this bus. And the bus comes and it's like, first come, first serve. So everyone wants to serve themselves, right? And they're shoving and they're pushing and they're kicking and they're screaming and they're fighting and they're saying you're this and you're that. And it was just, a, it was a, like a, a circus. Literally, it was a circus watching these people fight to get on the bus that were so dishonoring. They just came out of a conference. They'd be coming out of like Cherish or Emerge. You know, like they, they're literally like just singing like in their like Kumbaya, my Lord, right? And then all of a sudden they are just fighting like crazy physically, like punches thrown, words being thrown around. And you're just like, oh my goodness. Then we get onto the bus and then in unison, like it was so bizarre, they all start singing, we are one in the spirit. And I'm just like, what? No, you're not. Like, there's no way that you guys are one in the spirit. You guys have just been fighting, kicking, punching, spitting, all the things. But how many of you know that conflict and pressure will reveal what's on the inside? So truly what was going on, the conflict revealed what was happening on the inside of them. Just like that, that, uh, that ungrateful servant took the man by the throat and demanded him to pay him back. So the issue of his heart was exposed at the failure of another. So that's where we see when someone around us comes up short, it actually reveals what's on the inside of us. So he was legally right. The man owed him, but yet he chose law over grace. The failure of others will actually reveals our heart and gives us the opportunity to demand our rights, give the person what they deserve, or yield to grace and give the person what they do not deserve. Right? Oftentimes, come on, like when, some, when conflict comes, our natural reaction is to retaliate. Our natural reaction is to give a sharp word. Our natural reaction, our human reaction is to be strong, right? Or, you know, it might, maybe that's just me. I don't know. I'm just, right? But it, it, here's the thing. It's not what I want to give to the person. So what do I want to receive back? What do I want to receive in future relationships? So into your future, so forgiveness, so mercy, so, so, so kindness and blessing. And many people can't understand why they have difficulties in relationships because they respond to wrong with wanting to be right. They respond to wrong with wanting to be right. I'm right, you're wrong, you've got to pay but how many of you know that the kingdom of God is about relationships? It's about transformations. It's about grace. It's about forgiveness, right? And we know that until it gets a little bit close to us. So one of the things we see is this, that we see a heart attitude of pride. Pride is a major issue. This wicked servant received grace, total debt cancellation, and he responded with judgment, demanding his rights. So he, if you will, he came out from underneath grace because he received grace, and he came under judgment. So it's the same is true. When I choose pride over relationship, I'm choosing to come under a place of judgment, if you will. Pride says, I'd rather be right than have relationship. Well, I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm not moving until you admit it. No, well, how about let's be graceful, and so, so grace, so kindness, so, so mercy, so forgiveness, right? 
Pride will, it creates hardness of heart. Notice that this man, how, how could you not have compassion? How can you not have compassion after going through something such as that? He, he rightfully owed what he owed, and yet he was forgiven out of mercy. He was forgiven out of grace. He was forgiven out of kindness. But the, that encounter didn't transform his heart because there was pride that hardened his heart. So we've got to be intentional about tearing down pride uh, and doing, doing all that we can to, to shift that. I had, a, I had a friend of mine, and uh, he, he, he felt like, oh, I'm going to believe God for healing, and he needed glasses. And so while he had his glasses, he just made a declaration one time, yep, in Jesus' name, I'm healed. Grabbed his glasses, broke it over his knee, and said, okay, I'm healed. But the man still could not see. And his wife is like, honey, you need to wear some glasses. He's like, nope, I do not. I, I don't need any glasses. I'm totally fine. And then he went out to go to work, and his, all, of his, all of his co-workers were like, bro, you need a pair of signs. You need a pair of glasses. You obviously can't read the signs. And so he was struggling through, but he didn't want to admit that was wrong because his pride was saying, no, I made a decision and I, I'm healed. So I'm, this is just a faith declaration, but it wasn't actually a rhema. It wasn't tested that he actually could see. So all of a sudden, his work demanded him to drive a vehicle from one city to the next. The only problem is the man couldn't see. So he's, but he had no other option. Everyone else left. So he was just like, dear Jesus, it's me and you. Please help me. I need your grace in my life right now. Help me see. So he literally says he got in the car and, and literally it was like, turn left. The Holy Spirit would tell him to turn left. The Holy Spirit would tell him to turn right and actually led and guide him all the way from point A to point B. Once he got to the destination, the Holy Spirit speaks to him, rebukes him, and says, get yourself a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. That are prescription, obviously, so that he can see. Right, so when you, you, you think of that, sometimes our pride will hold us back from doing and, and, and admitting that we were wrong. When sometimes, how many of you know that it's much more painful to go the humility route, but it's actually gonna help us in the road of relationship? Now, just a little caveat, I'm not suggesting that anyone be a doormat. I'm not suggesting that you just tolerate abuse. Or I'm, not, I'm not saying any of those things, but I am saying the way of the kingdom is operating in compassion. The way of the kingdom is operating in mercy. The way of the kingdom is operating in kindness and in grace and forsaking pride. And so what my question to you is that when you come into conflict, do you spot any areas of pride in your thinking and your conversation? conversation and the words that come out of your mouth? Is it that you have a hard time admitting that you're wrong? Is it that you maybe become harsh and judgmental in the, in the middle of those situations? You remember the disciples, uh, they, were, they were like going with Jesus. His, his face, the Bible says, was set for Jerusalem, and he was going to stop by a particular village. That village rejected him. So James and John says, can we call fire down on them? And you know, so, so what were they? They were angry. They were retaliating. They, they, were, they were upset, and they wanted judgment to come. And Jesus rebukes them and says, guys, you don't know what spirit that you're of. 
right? And so sometimes that in, 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 in the midst of a conflict, feeling rejected, we might lash out in anger or lash out in a judgment that's actually rooted in pride, and we've got to deal with it. We've got to be really honest with ourselves and say, is there any areas of pride that I might need to shift? And then oh, another area, I'm going to give one more and then we're going to land this plane. The heart attitude of resentment. This wicked servant obviously had undealt with anger and resentment that was directed to others, much like the older brother in the story of the prodigal son. Do you remember the prodigal son? He went out and he, he, he wasted all, all of the inheritance that he had received. He, he did all the things. He lived a reckless, crazy life. And, and when, when he came back, the father, much like our father in heaven, did not reject him, but embraced him, took him in and, took him in and said, I love you. Let's celebrate. And he starts, there's music that's going on. There's dancing that's going on. The party's bumping. They've got the calf. It's beef barbecue special that's happening. And all of a sudden, the brother's like working hard and like, what's going on here? What's this all about? And he finds out it's because the celebration is all because his brother came home. Instead of rejoicing, instead of being excited, instead of you know just running up and grabbing him in his arms, he, he held such resentment that how dare he come back and act like there's nothing? And how dare my father celebrate a man who trampled on his possessions? And he had all of this judgment in his heart because he was struggling with letting go of the resentment. He, what, was, what happened? He was locked in resentment. He was angry. He was judgmental. He, he, he basically tells his father, but father, I've been faithful to you all of these years, and you've never done anything for me. You've never celebrated me. And, and the father says, son, everything I have is yours. Everything, everything that I own, it, it is also belongs to you. But yet, this, this young man was, unfortunately, he was rooted in a mindset of performance that he needed to work his way into the kingdom of God, that he had to work hard, that he had to do these things. So, you know, God has all of these demands, and I must live up to it. You know, I, I remember living that way. I remember for years being driven by performance that just caused me to be so resentful, caused me to be resentful when I would see someone like a prodigal son come into the kingdom and get blessed and, you know, and, and you just think like, what? I've been sewing for years. How did they get it before me? Right? Wait, 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 wait. She just got off the street and then she got married. God, why am I, why does it take me 23 years for me to get married? Right? Come on. Like there's just things that I had to work through and, and I had this inability to rest. I was co constantly pushing, moving, going, doing, struggling with not letting people see who I really am, not letting people see my vulnerability, not letting people see uh, because out of fear that I, I wouldn't be good enough. So I'm so grateful for Awakened Church that I was able to come out of years of ministry and serving and performing and doing all the things and coming to a place of I get to have sweet friendships that awaken my heart with joy, that awaken my heart with the anointing oil of God that breaks yokes, that breaks bondages, that brings transformation, that I can walk free. Come on. Here's the thing. When, when we have resentment towards a, a person, it, it, it looks for opportunities to punish others by cutting them off. I had a friend who 
they, they got so upset with this cat because the cat decided to use their front lawn as a litter box. Anyone been there? <laughs> and they took the cat, drove it 10 miles down the street, and dumped it off. Now, that's a little bit extreme, I know. But don't worry, the cat was not harmed. It still lived, and it ended up running home. But, you know, but that's oftentimes when we're so upset. We want to punish. We want to withhold love. We want to give the silent treatment. So how do we get out of this? How do we, how do we bring transformation into our lives? We just need to acknowledge what's there. So with every eye closed, I, I want to ask you a question. When you're in conflict, can you see maybe pride? Can you see maybe there's resentment? Can you see that maybe you've been demanding your rights and that's the reason why that you're in conflict? Would, would there be anyone like that? Would there anyone who's like, I can see myself as that, with any hands raised, come on, everyone's eyes are closed all over this room. I'm seeing hands lifted up all over this place. If we would make a decision to sow kindness today, if we would make a decision to walk in forgiveness today. This is what I want to do. Jesus came, you can put your hands down. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to bring new life, to bring transformation. And the first step to coming out of unforgiveness and, and out of resentment is actually turning towards God. So by the acknowledgement of your hands and putting your hands up, would you just stand to your feet with me? And we, I want to just pray over each and every one of us. Is that okay? Can we just stand to our feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the power of your presence that is here with your sons and daughters tonight. God, I thank you for the transformation that you are bringing into hearts, that you're bringing into minds right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you are the debt releaser. God, that you are the debt canceller in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the power of your presence, that you are moving upon your sons and daughters right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for that release right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the release that comes over each and every one where they've been holding on to things. Father, I thank you that this is a service where they get to let it go. I thank you, Father God, where there's been just bitterness on the inside and, and resentment. God, I thank you that this is an opportunity to let it go. Father, we choose to release all over this room in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name. And so for many of us in this room, we know we, we've, we're walking with God, but there, there may be a few, some of us here that maybe we We've struggled. Maybe we feel far from God, or or maybe we've never actually fully committed our lives and, and opened up our hearts and said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want you to come in and save me right now. I want to be set free of anger. I want to be set free of bitterness. I want to be set free of resentment. And maybe this is your first time making this commitment, or maybe you just need just a fresh start. Is, is there anyone like that in the room? Would you just lift up your hand? Can I see? Uh, thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. See that in the back. God bless you. Praise God. Come on. Let's, let's just give each of these guys a hand. Thank you, Father. Let's, 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 pray, let's pray this together. Jesus, I need you. Thank you for paying the price for my sin, my freedom. I turn from my ways and I turn to you with my whole heart. Save me and set me free. God is my Father. 
Heaven is my home. And I command every demonic attachment to get off of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.